The following podcast is a production of Hardly Awesome Studios in association with the network. Find us at BICBP-radio.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Silence Your Phones. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Chavez, joined as always by Sean Fritz. It's been, as our good friend Johnny Townsend would say, it's been a stained. It's been a stained, and uh, <laughs> hopefully, it's not a stain on our uh, podcasting um, credibility. No. Well, it's been a dry spell for a while, and then I, I so I started well, wrangling that, it up some Chris, friends. We're not talking about personal problems. <laughs> I started wrangling up some friends. I'm like, hey. Would you guys be down to talk movies just in case there's times when me and my buddy can't get on because he's about to get super busy? Uh, oh, snap. I forgot to talk to you more about that. We'll get out. We'll talk about that offline. You mean uh, like next week? Oh, by the way, Chris, next weekend, <laughs> I'll be at Fayetteville Comic Con. And, uh, and uh, you're going to be with uh, what's it, Jim Shooter all, all weekend? Uh, that's still up for uh, still unsure. I haven't been contacted by his agent. So, so there's a chance that I won't be with Jim. Yeah. There's a chance that I'll be at my own table with yeah, Christian nice. and Lorenzo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's all good. It's all good. But uh, I started doing that. So yeah, it's been it's been a while. Except for last week, we did have an episode that dropped, and I, it was me and my buddy Trev talking about a movie that he wanted me to watch. So um, we're gonna try to do that. I'm gonna try to ha- whenever you and I can't get together, we're gonna just try to have little like uh, special guests and this a special sub series. Yes, little vignettes, Ooh. if you will. One one shots. Yes, they could be recurring if, if it becomes a thing. But yeah, dude, it's been a while, dude. A lot's been happening. And like I said, we didn't really talk much before we started recording. So I, there was a few things I wanted to check in with you on and see how life was going. But we'll do that in a little while. We'll weave it in where it makes sense. We'll put it right where it belongs. And uh, yeah, but what we are here to do is talk movies. It's been a while since we were talking movies. So we're back to do it. We're not going to get within. We're not going to keep going with any more fluff. We're going to jump right into the movie we're talking are you, about. This. Chris, are you saying you want to start it off with a bang? I want to kiss, kiss, bang, bang this shit to hell. That's the movie we watched. We watched the 2005 American black comedy crime film. Kiss, kiss, bang, bang. Let's go. Hurry up. It's not my fault. Just shut up and run. Hold it right there. Harry was a small-time crook. Oh, boy. Till he opened the door. Oh, no, no. We're not ready for your audition. Just take him. He's ready. You ready, right? To a really big break. Quit acting like the good guy. You got your partner killed. You killed him. See, this is what I'm talking about. Old-school method. Give me Gabe Perry on the phone. But he'll need a real cop. Detective lessons tomorrow for your acting. Oh, you're the uh, consultant. If he wants to act the part. You must be Gabe Perry. Still gay? Me? No. I just like the name so much, I can't get rid of it. So what do you do? I'm a private detective. You think I'm a detective? Of all the idiot things to do. 
My sister was Honey, murdered. Are you gonna help me? I gotta check my schedule. Can you help me, Harry? Because you're I not could. gonna help me okay, find somebody okay. else. So sometimes I have other. Oh. Uh, my caseload oh, is, sure. is pretty. Thank you. From Shane Black, the creator of Lethal Weapon. Do not play detective. Moron. Go home before the bad guys do something bad to you. Two corpses in three hours. I mean, that's unusual, right? Yes. Comes a mystery. It's a frame up. First things first. Do you have the corpse? I, I, I got rid of it. You threw it away. Yeah, look up idiot in the dictionary. You know what you'll find? A picture of me? No. The definition of the word idiot. Ow! That starts with a kiss. Why'd you lie to me? It was an excuse to stay around you, so I mean, I think... Ow! Did I just cut off your finger? Yeah. It's on the floor. Pick it up. Pick it up. And ends with a bang. Where is the girl? You put a live round in that gun. Oh, yeah. There was like an 8% chance. Eight. Who taught you math? Harmony! Okay. Robert Downey Jr. What do you think, I'm stupid? Val Kilmer. Yes, I think you're stupid. Kiss, kiss, bang, bang. Oh, hell. Kiss me. What? Kiss me. No, no, no. No, no, no. <laughs> These lessons suck. Bang, bang, bang. True, true story, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, side, so fluff side story here. Yeah. I saw an interview with Mick Foley one time. <laughs> and uh he said that the bang bang mm-hmm. for his cactus jack character was from the i don't know what the proper phrasing or what the proper name of it is but in uh caddy in, in love shack mm-hmm. uh you know when fred what's his name the, the the dude that sings he goes on the floor baby and then the background singers go bang bang yeah he don't tell that, me that's he where he got went, it bang, bang. that's bullcrap dude there's is that oh, no. serious that is dead serious. He got bang the cactus jack bang bang from B-52's Love Shack. Yeah. That's amazing. That is the most amazing thing I've ever heard. I don't think I've ever known that. Here's the well, funny obviously. thing. That's probably not going to be the weirdest tangent that we talk about today. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. No, there's a lot of stuff to talk about today. We're getting into this movie, dude. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is a 2005 American black comedy crime film, according to Wikipedia. And I would agree. This is that quintessential kind of crime caper film. There's comedy involved. There's definitely black comedy involved. And it's, um, and there's moments that, you know, some action moments. I mean, this movie's got everything you want, if that's your thing. And uh, it's also got star power. It's irreverent and it's unapologetic in a lot of it. It, in a it lot makes of it, stuff oh yeah it i makes kept it, looking at the year this was made i was like 2005 <laughs> i mean okay i think that's still yeah that makes sense we weren't as advanced PC. woke as yeah. we as we and you'd like to think we were right like you think of 2005 during that time we're like oh yeah we're super advanced and woke if i'm not mistaken and i was not an internet crawler at the time or mm-hmm. whatever the phrase is uh, i had a job and i was very busy and i had uh, in 2004 when this came, when this was filmed in 05, when this was released, uh, I had not yet turned 22. So I had other priorities, as you can mm-hmm. imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, right around this time, 2004, um, I, seg- uh, perfect segue. Uh, I had a little one on the way, right as this movie was coming out, right after this there movie came out. So again, I had priorities. There's a swerve, bro. Uh, uh, different, uh, different priorities than you were thinking, but 
Yeah, it's uh, I think this was right around the time of like when Twitter became a thing, a big thing, maybe. Okay. Was this around the same time as Syria and, and Gaddafi and or, or my thinking? Maybe, dude, 2005. I don't know. My memory's going, man. I'm getting to the point now where it's like, that's too long ago to think about. Right. What was going on in 2005? Oh, dude, I don't know. But uh, there's a rapper named Gaddafi. <laughs> Different. Uh, uh no, that was Syria was 2011. So I'm way off. Okay. Side yeah, tangent. dude, you're getting older. Like when you start thinking like five years ago <laughs> or 10 years ago was five years ago and it starts all just crisscrossing. So I heard someone say this the other day and I think it makes perfect sense. And it's kind of movie tangent, movie adjacent. So, so I'll just throw it in here. <clears throat> so the seven, the sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties all had definitive events and music types and styles, fashion as well, but that's not part of the, the analogy here. The 2000s from right around two th- from like 9-11 until today, more or less, compared to those specific decades where they had a very measurable beginning and end yeah. of a 10-year span, 9-11 until now kind of feels like a long dragging out decade because there's no, I mean, like everything is so fast and furious from Vroom, it's about family. Um, when it comes to yeah you're right because uh, i got to yeah. at 2010 you don't feel like there was this kind of end to this and start of something new and and you know the news just doesn't stop thanks ted turner uh the you know there's no real music definition of the decade maybe 2020s you could see the, like coronavirus kicking off a new thing that's an event though not a music yeah. thing you know like 80s music was dog shit and had synthesizers and Err, nobody had a second hit Err, that's your first strike and 90s music had grunge <laughs> you know and then yeah. 2000s kind of what happened after 99? they had new you metal know, they had new metal trap metal rap 20, rap 20, became, 20, <laughs> then you did then you had to ha- you started having mumble rap and garbled rap that nonsense rap Mm-hmm. So you do have those little those kinds lower of things. Rap. it's just that as you get older you don't pay attention to it anymore well, I mean, true, but it just seems like 2001 and on is just like one continuous Giant long decade, decade, decade you know, that spans decades. Here's another side thing that uh, does kind of tie to this. I saw something about how like when you die, your brain is active for the next seven to eight minutes. And there's this thing, this belief that that's when like your consciousness is reliving your entire life in seven mm-hmm. to eight minutes. And what if that's what's happening right now? You're just reliving it. And that's why it feels like forever. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Maybe it's the matrix. Uh, Oh, geez. Rebooting. (laughs) Um, Oh, that's coming up too. That's a new, that's going to be some of these to talk about. Um, But let's get into this movie, dude. Let's talk about Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. What was your experiences with this? You just was your first time seeing it or had you seen it before? First time. And I had heard people talk about it in a very broad sense. And I was intrigued by it. And then when we had watched Heat, I mean, it had been on the list for a while. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't usually share the list with you. And I don't usually don't give you a choice. But last, <laughs> last time when we, we talked about Heat, at the end, it was, uh, you know, hey, do you want to do another De Niro or Pacino movie? And you're like, eh, I'm kind of tapped out on those for a while. Yeah. Um, and you settled on, I think it was Val Kilmer. Because yeah, he was like, such let's a watch treat. another one, one of his yeah, and it was such a treat. And we are saving Tombstone for a very special guest. Oh, um, oh that's yeah, yeah. Uh, we might have to schedule that soon, by the way. Um, Sounds good. 
there will be opportunity is what I'm getting at. Um, but I had just heard that this movie is a silly, goofy, let's have, you know, have a good time with it. Don't take it too seriously um, and enjoy, you know, as you said earlier, the, the cast of characters and the cast of players, but the stories, you know, and, and, and a solid story as well. Um, but I hadn't, I hadn't seen it uh, or any, any, even a single cell of film. Yeah. Same. Now um, the name of the movie I was familiar with, and that was about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hadn't heard about anything that you said, like you were told about how, you know, it, you'd heard it was this kind of movie. I didn't even know that I had no clue what this movie was about whatsoever. I went into this completely blind aside from the, the clip that I added at the end of the last episode. And that clip is, you know, where Kilmer and uh, Robert Downey Jr. Um, are taken uh, taken as as hostage by the, the server or the guy at the mental institution. He's got the gun at their back. And so they're going back and forth. And Val Kilmer's like, oh, you know, they don't do that in real life because real life you want five feet because, boom, the guy will take your gun, right? They switch it around. Mm-hmm. And he says that thing about being the gay guy and the guy from New York. So that was the only thing I knew about this movie. So I knew Val Kilmer was going to play a gay guy or at least – he was claiming to be right. Um, that's all I knew. That's the, like, that's it. That was my extent to when I started the film. And um, I have to say, I was, you know, I love when I go into a movie, not knowing a thing about it and then finishing it going like, like, how come I hadn't heard about that before? Or how come mm-hmm. I hadn't just heard this talked about more? You know what I mean? So let's get into this movie, dude. Let's get into the plot. It's wow. Easy, it's an easy. Well, here's the thing. Let me sum it up for you. Do it's it. an easier follow than the Black Dahlia murder movie from like the same time frame. Yes. But However, this it, is one, it's still dense. This is a twist, a twist and turn movie. Like I said, this is a, a crime caper style movie. This is basically this entire movie's plot kind of has this like nodding wink to the idea that part of the plot is this obsession with hard-boiled detective books, right? Mm-hmm. And a certain hard-boiled detective books that, that, you know, have two things going on where you don't think they're connected, but they're connected. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, and there's twists and turns through the whole thing. Right. And the, and the idea is, is that is something that fascinates the two, some of the main characters in this, this movie, but the movie is that the movie is a crime movie. It's a it's a whodunit. It's a twists and turns. It's a two things that you didn't think were connected. By the end, you're like, holy crap! It's it's fun. This movie for me was fun, but the plot. It's if Deadpool was a detective <laughs> is really what this movie kind of is as well. Well, not to the extreme, but yeah, close, close. A lot of I mean, well, you have the narrator who, oh, you know, you let's don't talk know about if- that, dude. The idea that we get a narrator to help us through the story and tell us the story and the plot it's a different vehicle than doing a like uh thought bubbles. Yeah. Have you ever seen the am- animated version of the dark Knight returns? No. Uh, okay. So Peter Weller does the voice of Batman, you know, yeah. RoboCop. Yeah. Um, and you know how there's just the, Oh wait, what was the... he called in this movie? It wasn't RoboCop. It was, Oh, um... Oh God. <laughs> I saw that and I was like, that's amazing. That's a, a RoboCop. <laughs> it was like a uh, robo, <laughs> Robo yeah. bro was really what it yes. was, <laughs> but it was like uh, like Robo. But you're right. Yeah, you're right. It is a it's a very effective way to tell the story. But here's the thing: the person telling the story is Robert Downey Jr. 
Mm-hmm. And it's Robert Downey Jr. with Robert Downey Jr. style kind of delivery. And the writing is affording him a lot of smart alecky style storytelling. His narration, the whole, Robert Downey, we'll get to this in the, the actors, but yeah, his his character is basically giving a Tony Stark. Uh, it's a it's like a, a sizzle reel. It's his. Uh, what's what's it what's just it feels like that's, this that must be what Robert Downey Jr. is just like. I mean, the fact that he just always comes across that way on a lot of his characters, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's oh, his delivery, very, and it's yeah, just kind of quick. It's his best uh audition, yeah. Let's just say that for, for Tony Stark, yeah, for what's coming, right? Yeah, uh, but we are introduced to this guy, he's a criminal, and uh, low time, but yeah, he just breaks in and, and steals stuff. You know, uh, audio, video, visual equipment, things like that. Inept, it seems too. Yeah, he's about to get busted and ends up stumbling into uh, an audition for a role in a movie where he gets the part. While he's trying to run from the cops, he ends up stumbling into this thing and he gets the part. They fly him out to L.A. While he's in L.A., he's kind of interacting with people at there out there. Uh, comes across this girl he used to know from back home, and she's an actress. She's at the same. She was at the same party. Um, we also get introduced to the producers, right? Like the producers are, are, are pretty big, big time people. How do we get introduced to Val Kilmer? I can't remember. Oh, he's so he's being, yeah. See, so the thing is, is he's being the, the part he's playing is for uh, an investigator, private investigator, detective. Mm-hmm. And so they, they say, Hey, listen, we're going to have you ride along with this guy, you know, to watch him do some of his work. And uh, he'll help you along. It's Val Kilmer plays this kind of private eye who's um, he's gay. He's a gay guy. So we're told. Yeah. Well, that's how the entire movie's played out. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things I looked at was that when they wrote the character this way, like they wanted it to be portrayed that way because the, uh, the, when they were writing it, he was saying something like he'd never seen that portrayal of a, of a gay man on screen that had mm-hmm. this toughness that could beat your ass that could, you know, just just yell at you and make you feel like you're a kid. Because <laughs> you, you think the birdcage. And that, I don't know why that is my always my go-to. <laughs> but it's you know it's funny, dude. Um, but yeah, dude. So uh all of a sudden, like we start having these people's lives kind of crisscross. There's the, the private eye, there's there's Robert Downey Jr.'s riding with him. And during this this stakeout, right? He he was asked to go and take photos of of this guy. They find they come basically. They come across a dead body. They 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 come across a crime happening. Somebody killed a woman, put her in the back of a trunk, and put her in the lake. Mm-hmm. And they thought that they were out of it, right? They're like, okay, we're gonna get out of here. We're not gonna do anything about this until the body shows up in Robert Downey Jr.'s hotel shower. Um. By the way, when that happened, I'm like, this can't be. He must be like out of his mind or tired. I thought or he was seeing like, shit. Yeah. And he like turns and you know. He's actively using the restroom and he turns and he's like, I peed on it. It's like, what? Oh, that's really there. Okay. Yeah. I missed that part. Dude, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Um, Real quick. Everybody that we see, we see all the characters yeah. that we're going to see in the movie. Yeah. At the, at the party, at the very, at the party, you know, like the, the beginning of the second act. Yeah. We see all those characters and then we just see them again throughout the movie. It's, it's crazy how everybody's there. It's almost like, um, another movie that does that i can't think of uh, and you but you start doing this thing of where, where like you really start wondering who you can trust 
because you're realizing it's one of these movies where there's going to be twists and, and turns and all of a sudden it's like oh hang on a second because then we get who's there to do the right thing and right. who's who's out to do what will further them right and who's on whose side allegiances are formed bonds are broken you know that whole thing exactly so there's this body that they have to get rid of they're freaking out uh this girl that he knows that he you know that he grew up with that's here in in la trying to be an actress also um you know he's trying to get involved with her as well and then all of a sudden one day they or one of the days they get this phone call that she killed herself and he's just like beside himself he can't believe it he's like what the hell right so now he's um, invested in yeah he's invested like thing. what's going on that was a mistake it wasn't her it was her sister her sister had stolen her id and credit cards and stuff and we come to find out that the reason her sister was out there was because um you know this girl had told her when they were growing up that her real dad yeah, was, she was a, adopted was a was a producer out in hollywood was the guy out in hollywood by right? the way something that you do if you are really pissed off at your younger sibling <laughs> you tell them you're adopted yeah <laughs> um so this girl had ended up coming out looking for her father. And then uh, now they're thinking, Jesus, she was murdered, right? Like this, there's something going on. Something nefarious is afoot. And that's this whole movie. Like the plot is that, that, that there is something going on and it's the dark side of Hollywood, basically, right? This idea that like that produce powerful producers just kind of use women the way they need to and get rid of them when they need to. And they have powerful other, you know, other powerful people come in and clean up those messes except Robert Downey Jr. is involved now and he doesn't want people being killed over and over uh, except it keeps happening. Mm-hmm. And well, he's trying to protect, he's trying to protect this girl that he had fallen in love with since they were kids. And he's not sure if Val Kilmer's on his side or not, but Val Kilmer seems to be there to help out. And uh, it all comes down to this kind of wild, wild outcome at the end like this just thing that plays out at the end and i'm not i don't want to spoil it too much because this is this is like i said it's a whodunit so i don't want to give away too much but this plot is is legit a it's a crime caper that keeps you guessing all the way to the end and the narrator talks to you talks to you through it even at the end going even at the end going have you figured it out have you figured it out yet have you figured it out, viewer? Do you know what's going on? And then he's like, you people in Times Square, don't yell at the screen. Keep quiet. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that whole like breaking the fourth wall wink to the audience that the fact that he's real. Oh, yeah, I'm a narrator. I'm a horrible narrator at that. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and he's like, oh, wait, hang on a sec. Like they do all the stuff that you sh- quote unquote shouldn't do. Like it, it, I don't know if it was done before this, but if not, I mean, it kind of broke the mold and it was very creative in how it told the story it was very i'm going to say it was very quentin tarantino-esque not in that it was like pulp fiction where there are three overlapping stories um that are told out of order but there are overlapping stories that are told throughout the film in a linear fashion yeah um and yeah for me it was it was it was done well because i i didn't i didn't get lost I was able to follow everything. And I think it's thanks to the narrator keeping things straight and would literally say, oops, you know what? Let's go back real quick. Let me show you something. But that you know played I mean? into the story too. Yes. They didn't give you the yes. reveal right away or yes. they gave you the reveal, but they filled in the A little blanks later. And you're yeah. like, oh, there's an added detail here. Mm-hmm. Um, I started watching this at maybe 1030 and it was, it's only what? Uh, 103 minutes. Yeah, so it's not bad at all. With the credits, maybe 95. Yeah. Um, so an hour and a half ish and I'm like, all right, I'll watch this. And I got tired. I was like, all right, no, I, I like, I had to stop it. I think it was right after the, 
right after they were in the park looking for something, which wasn't, no, the park was at the end. Um, no, it was like right, right after the car drove off the cliff mm-hmm. into the, and they threw the gun and <laughs> I'm like, all right, this movie's his so mom far, gave him the yeah. gun his mom gave him. <laughs> I'm like, what the? Yeah. So this movie was uh, up to that point was maybe 20 minutes in and I'm like, yeah. I'm not going to watch it until I'm tired, overtired and go to sleep. I'm going to stop it now and watch the whole thing you know, in the morning, because it is a one sit viewing. It's not like the deer right. hunter where it's two VHSs or an overlong, you know, anything or. And like, you stopped it just in time, too, because that's yeah. where it starts to kick up. Like it, the mm-hmm. up until that moment, it's more build up. It's kind of like, this is who I am. This is how I got here. This is some of the other people who are players. And this is how, you know, this is why they're important. Now, let's start the story. And then like right when it's kicking off, right when this this big moment happens, you're like, pause perfect timing yeah and and i knew that i was gonna it was gonna be entertaining mm-hmm. you know and and at the very least the story up until that point had kind of told me that hey this is going to be not only uh intense and you know i may pay for may have paid for the whole seat i'm only going to need the edge <laughs> um to borrow yeah. that phrase yeah but you know there was there was no way that i was going to pick right up in the middle of it and, and so no, I was like, yeah. all right, this is stop. Yeah, good call Watch it in the morning. Good call. But the plot itself being this kind of, you know, you have this guy that is a, a bumbling style criminal, fast talking criminal who gets himself wrapped up in a crazy crime. Uh, you know, who, like I said, a who this whodunit where he also has to play the action hero where he has to try to save the girl or protect the girl. Um, and and instead, I love that. Like it's Val Kilmer. That's kind of like a sidekick, but he, but it's a sidekick who's stronger than him. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Stronger than him, smarter than him. Like I love. I was like, but, he's but, correcting his grammar. He's like, what's wrong with you? Who yeah, taught oh, you grammar? He, get out of this car. He was so <laughs> negative to him too. Like, oh, I can't wait to get into the acting, man. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's. It was. Yeah, the plot is really good. I yeah. think. Like I couldn't really. Like I was watching it to enjoy it. And I mean, there's, like you said, there's some humor, there's some jokes, there's some stuff that happened toward the end where you're not sure is the, did the narrator survive? Is right, he still yeah, alive or not? Right. And, you know, and then out of nowhere, there's a series of cameos that you were not expecting. No. And, <laughs> um, so we'll get to that later. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I, I just thought that, you know, I thought it was great. You know, yeah. the, the story, the, the I story, thought so the I didn't, did you catch any plot holes? Um, nothing. I think I, I think I was, you're so caught up in what's happening. It's, you don't have time to really keep thinking too much. I mean, there's things mm. that you, you would say, obviously like, Hey, in real life, you know, Oh, come on. But like, come on. Like, this is not real life. Obviously. True. Um, yeah. Let's get into this at the acting dude. This this is the the the, the list of actors in this film. Um, short, but, short but sweet. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. um, let's make our way from the bottom up. Let's go with the uncredited, the bear in the Gennaro's beer commercial. <laughs> Did you see who the bear was, dude? Lawrence Fishburne. Like what the? <laughs> he was in a mask the whole time, right? It was, I think it was like CG. Uh-huh. It was kind of like oh, a CG okay. oh, bear. Yeah. It was like yeah. a, like a first gen Snapchat filter. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, 
let's see who else is in this movie um some I see, I see. rubber boy i don't know who daniel browning so Ru- is. rubber boy is legit the rubber boy he's kind of like those mm-hmm. those uh next gen sideshow attractions he was the mm-hmm. guy in the glass thing all like contorted oh okay that's in right the, yeah in the, in the, at the party i don't know the girl who plays flicka i've i don't i don't recognize her um but she was the girl who ba- who uh came off the airplane she was the flight mm-hmm. attendant who gave him all that info um, then there's Shannon Sossman. So I, the first time I remember seeing Shannon Sossman was in uh, 40 Days and 40 Nights uh, back in the day. That's with Josh um, Hartnett. Uh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess she... she was in a Night's Tale too with what's his name? Heath Ledger. Mm-hmm. Right. That's that movie. Night's Tale. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And Sean Connery plays. Is that the one with the dragon? No, that's a different one with Sean Connery. Never mind. <laughs> but yeah so shannon sausman she's not in it too much she's the girl the pink hair girl but she's mm-hmm. not in this too much at all you know but what critical I mean? to the, the movie she's, to the storyline right mm-hmm. she's very yeah, critical to the storyline i have, uh, i'm looking at her film list yeah i haven't seen any of these i don't believe really yeah uh you didn't see 40 days 40 nights yeah. rules of attraction i remember really? that movie was a big deal uh the order the, i didn't see the order I think that's a movie that's up your alley, isn't it? Maybe. It's like know. a cult type movie, like The Skulls, but better. Is it worse. with Heath Ledger? Oh, I don't know. Interesting. Sinister 2. I saw that one. Yeah. It's a 2003 horror movie written and directed by Brian Helgen, some guy starring Heath Ledger and some guy with an umlaut over his name. Oh, some guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it's kind of yeah. up your alley it's a cult type movie i might have to check it out there you go but uh yeah i am familiar with her work she's not you're not seeing too much of her in this again she's the who she plays in this film is important to the story but you don't mm-hmm. see much of her on screen so that you can't really speak too much to the her acting now let's jump into larry she's more, miller she's more facial expressions than anything else yeah yeah uh larry miller the comedian he plays the producer uh, one of the producers of the film, or is he the director? I think he's the producer. He's the talent agent. He's that, not, he doesn't play a producer. I mean, I'm sure that they are called producers as well, but um, yeah, he was, he was a, the talent agent that quote discovered. Yes. Robert Downey Jr. Yes. He, Dis- he, discovered him. Uh, he was also the one who um, the main character in the story, Robert Downey Jr.'s uh, the girl that he's, he's really interested in. Her sister, who thinks that her, you know, her father's is somebody from Hollywood. This is who she thinks her father is. So that's why it's an, also important to the film. But this guy's great. Like he's been in everything you can think of. If you don't know the name, if you look it up and you see him, you're like, oh, I know this guy. I've seen him in everything. He was. He's the, one of those guys. Uh, he was in another movie that we watched recently. And I, I'm looking at the list and I can't find it. But he was in um, the Drew Carey show. Yep. I mean, he was the guy that was in the Drew Carey show. That was not Scottish. <laughs> yeah, I just can't. I can't that find dude. the movie. Just kind of scrolling through here. You did skip over Rockman Dunbar, who uh, I was like this guy. He was in Prison Break. Oh, I never seen this guy before. Rockman Dunbar. Oh, I did pass over him. Um, no, I'm not familiar with his work at all. I mean, in this movie, I you know, he, I thought he was pretty good in this movie. Mm-hmm. I'm not familiar with anything else he's done though. Yeah, I mean, he's in when he shows up in something like he does. He he does smaller parts generally speaking um but he does uh you know a lot more tv shows and and smaller movies but you know he's 
he's he's pretty good like he like i said he was in prison break which is the thing that i recognized him from um but he plays a good um what's his name who was the guy that played saul guerrera in what in star wars um uh he was also in um last king of scotland don't know you know who i'm talking about he maybe if i saw him. talk like this had all the respirators and shit <laughs> um from know. from rogue one what was his name oh uh, no, no dude uh, <laughs> he's got the droopy eye you know exactly I, who i'm talking about I, <laughs> I hate you so much <laughs> you're struggling to death over there yeah um, i don't know who he is dude yes you do because the second i say his name i'm gonna be like, be like i don't know oh, who that, that guy is. is um hold on I'm, I, I got it right here um oh you're talking about john Turturro? No, absolutely not <laughs> um robert uh, robert de niro not even close. No. Um, shut up, Drippy Island guy. What was his name? Farley. Yeah, that. Yeah, that would be hilarious. Uh, oh shit! I got a droopy it? eye down by the river. Why is Google not telling me who played <laughs> Saul Guerrero? I love how somebody spelled it S. Oh, it is spelled S A W. Yeah, Saul Guerrero, Star Wars actor. Jeez, come on, Google. How hard is this? How have I stumped Google? Sal Guerrero. Saul. Oh, you're talking about Forrest Whitaker? Yeah, him. He's like a Forrest Whitaker, like a low rent Forrest Whitaker. Oh, <laughs> that was a long way to get there. <laughs> that, that hits too, man. That like delivered. I said, I hate you so that much. Was, that was amazing. I usually reserve that for Christian on my other podcast. But... <laughs> Dude, I couldn't remember. I didn't know who's, I didn't know his name. I didn't know anything. I was like, you could have said that and backed me up, but you're just like, the bus you're, asshole. Like, you're like, dude, you're like, you know, the dude from star Wars. I'm like, wow, let's <laughs> see. Okay. Let's go through my entire Rolodex of star what if Wars. I said the guy from, um, what if I would have said the guy that played opposite Jean-Claude Van Damme trying to get Frank Dukes in, um, from the Kumite. Hey, I know you're who like, that is. Yeah. Forrest Whitaker <laughs> is also in that movie. It's, it's also Forrest Whitaker. <laughs> Or how about uh wait, isn't he in um isn't Bloodsport, he isn't he ghost dog? He's ghost dog. I don't know what who or what that is. Remember that movie? I think it was like the late nineties, early two thousands. He's like a samurai in, in the Bronx or something, or in Brooklyn or Harlem. Oh, you're thinking of Beverly Hills Ninja. <laughs> Chris Farley, by the way. Those are gonna be back to back films, Ghost Dog and, and Beverly Jeez. Hills Ninja. I have some ideas um, for you. Um yes, he played Ghost Dog in that. Yeah. Also. I'm See, if you'd have said, much. if you'd have said Ghost Dog, I'd have been like, yeah, because oh, yeah, Ghost Dog is the first thing that I go to when I think Forrest <laughs> Whitaker. it was like Star Wars. The I one guy in Star, Star Wars, Wars. And I'm thinking, trying to express Bloodsport <laughs> as one of the detectives, a young Forrest Whitaker. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Let's see who else we have. We have you Dash. were no help there, by the way. <laughs> I couldn't remember. I didn't have no. I have again, when you said the dude in Star Wars, I'm thinking, wow, and, dude, like yeah, there, which one? yeah there's, there's, there's a, a few that you could choose from well nowadays there's a bunch of them oh yeah uh, a bunch of dudes dash mihawk is the next guy mihawk is that how you say it mayhawk myhawk myhawk so i knew this guy um in, from the like street urban updated version of romeo and juliet um he was in that he was in a thin red line a perfect storm so i've recognized this guy when i saw him on screen i was like hey i know this kid He's a very much a white meat baby face, but not a baby face. <laughs> right. And he, and he plays this guy. I mean, he plays a, a, a hitman. Basically, he's a he's mm-hmm. a he's a thug in this film. Um, there's not much range needed to, to do what he needed to do on the screen. So he he, he, mm-hmm. he was fine. Cold hearted, uh, brooding. 
stalking, menacing. Yeah. Big. Corbin Burnson. Corbin Burnson, dude. Mr. L.A. Law himself. Mr. Major Dorn. Strike this fucking guy out. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, dude. He's uh, okay. This is where we start saying, okay, you got some big names in this movie. He was somebody by this time, obviously. Uh, oh, he's been somebody. Yeah, that's time. what I'm saying. Um, he's the guy who plays the producer. So yeah, this is that's who I was talking about. He's actually the producer that what's her name thought mm. was the father, not the yeah. not the other guy, not yeah. Larry Miller. Um, yeah, who would want a balding middle aged man to be their father? Right, <laughs> Corbin Burnson though, um, it came across. He plays that kind of slimy producer style, like almost like a Harvey Weinstein style guy. He also lives in a bubble. Yeah. Yeah, like everybody's gets what he wants, him, does what he wants, and that was yeah. one of the things that um, uh, what's his name, Val Kilmer's character said he's he his job is to insulate to make mm-hmm. sure you know anything that happens stays away from from Corbin Burnson's character. Yeah, he basically makes him look clean, and probably gets paid handsomely for it. Yeah, so, um, great performance. I thought he did really well in that. Uh, next we have Michelle Monaghan. Who plays Monahan? Monahan is that how you say it? Mm-hmm. Michelle Monahan. So she plays uh, the character of Harmony, the one who who Robert Downey Jr. is in love with, and she's this girl who came out to L.A. to make it for herself when she was eighteen. She's been there Tale for a while now, time. right? She's been there for a while now, and mm-hmm. when Robert Downey Jr. goes out there, he's expecting the Midwestern girl he grew up with, and instead he's got an L.A. girl. Mm-hmm. And that's something that really messes with his mind throughout the film. Like he can't like, like come to terms with the fact that this is not an innocent little girl from, you know, where they grew up in Illinois. It was Illinois, I think. Indiana, Indiana, they're bordering States. So I'll give it to you. It was five percent, but also not innocent anymore, but damaged yeah. goods. That's yeah. That's how he, that's how he puts it right. They're damaged goods. Mm-hmm. So she's coming into this after a few films that were decent. She was in Mr. and Mrs. Smith as a side character. She was in Constantine Uncredited. She was in The Born Supremacy before that uh, and a few other films. Uh, but then Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is kind of like her, her, step, her step up because the next few movies after that are just all top, Big. top, top Bill movies. Mm-hmm. Mission Impossible, Gone Baby Gone, uh, Eagle Eye. Mission Impossible. Mission Ghost Impossible. Protocol. Or Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible 17. Mission Impossible Fall. <laughs> She's just like Mission Impossible all over the place. Um, she was great. I thought she was great in this role. I also really enjoyed, her, I mean, the way she played this kind of, you know, she was. She, remember she how was like hot and she, cold. Yeah, it was hot and cold. But there was also this thing where she there was still this 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 kind of leftover piece of her from her childhood that was still in there like that fascination with the hard-boiled detectives and she was like oh you're a detective like oh my god this is exciting we should do this right Mm -hmm. um so much so that it made it believable yes somebody look like her would run up jump inside that van and take off while they're tracing her down the street right because there's times when you watch a movie and you're just like oh come on like oh really Mm -hmm. like 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 for me I always look at speed. Speed's fun, but like, come on, man. Like Sandra Bullock's mm-hmm. character would not be driving that bus that way. Where did she learn to drive like this? Right. Well, buses are double clutch as well. And then and we you have, need a class B. And then we have, <laughs> and then we have her, uh, you know, Michelle's character uh, where she's um, jumping in this van and taking off being chased by villains. 
and she's handling it well. And I, you could, I see this half grabbing the phone, right. Talking to her and saying, Oh, they're on my tail. Like, yes, she would talk this way. Cause she read those books to mm-hmm. her. This is like, we're doing it's, this. Let's it's do fiction it. coming to life. Yeah. Great. She studied for this part. Basically, basically. Uh, yeah. I loved it dude. I thought she did great. Val Kilmer. <laughs> Gay Perry, dude. What a name. Oh. Um, Another top performance, dude. Another one, top performance for me. Let's take a step back here. Um, in the beginning of the movie, there mm-hmm. was a flashback mm-hmm. of a young Harmony and a young Harold. Yeah. Um, young Harmony being played at seven by Ariel Winter, who is on Modern Family now. Well, oh, I don't watch that show. I didn't either. But I didn't you know, know that. Yeah. She's a name. And then Robert Downey Jr.'s nine year old son. Oh, that was his actual son. Was his son, Indio. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Oh, that's a weird name. Indio Falconer Downey. He's not a normal person. Neither was his ex Wait, Junior's not part of the last name? No, I'm just kidding. Um, I mean, yeah, Downey Jr. That's his real last name. Indio Falconer Downey Jr. (laughs) Just everybody's Downey Jr. in his family. Downey Jr. Uh, Jr.? What if you're the junior of the junior? Junior Jr. There you go. Val Kilmer, though, as Gay Perry, man. This dude, again, like I said, another top performance i love this character mm-hmm. and that's the thing like you go from a character that we saw in heat to this character two completely different characters and that's that's the beauty behind like how how good val kilmer really is you don't realize sometimes you don't realize certain actors how good they are till you start to really pay attention or watch a few things in a row right and dude this i love this character i thought this character was amazing i mean val kilmer in general is amazing um, I mean, this character versus the character in Heat versus Chris Knight from Real Genius uh, <laughs> versus Doc Holliday, you know, Batman, Bruce Mad Wayne, Martigan. you know, so many just Jim Morrison, it, a great TV movie, by the way, Elvis Presley. Yeah. I mean, a great, like just how big of a range Val Kilmer has from, you know, from the get-go. No, you dude, know, this dude's insane was good. A, was The Doors a TV movie? No, it was no, a regular what? movie. Great regular movie then. You could oh, he played TV. John Holmes in Wonderland. Oh, that's interesting. That's right. But, I mean, just, you know, playing pretend characters that are created on a page and cre- and playing real characters, Um, you know, played Mark Twain, played Wyatt Earp twice for both of them. Um you know, redoing ice, playing Iceman yet again in the new Top Gun movie, um, you know, and, and just just see crazy, um, you know, he really goes into it without being, you've never heard anything of him being method, have you? No, but doesn't it feel like this guy seems to like become a character all of a sudden? He's a chameleon. He's great. Uh, he's the jackal, right? <laughs> You mean from like the Truth Commission? No, wasn't there a movie called The Jackal? Probably. I was talking about the wrestling character. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that guy. Wait, I'm, I thought maybe he's not the one that's in the Jackal, or somebody that's in the Jackal. I can't remember the name of the movie now. Never mind. Well, he he wasn't in the Jackal. I'll tell you that much. No, who's in the Jackal? I don't know. You can't say that on television. Uh, I'm thinking of somebody else. Um, but yeah, dude, he was not, he actually won an award, won a satellite award for best supporting actor, uh, for this. But other than that, like it's all his other awards, Jim Morrison, 
he was nominated, didn't win, right, for certain awards. Jo- uh, Doc Holliday nominated two times for MTV Movie Awards, didn't win them. Um, you know, again, as Bruce Wayne nominated, and these are all the things, he's all being nominated for MTV Awards, right? Like, how is nobody else recognized? Did, did, has he won Oscars? He has to have, man. I mean, he should have if he hasn't. Um, so the uh, the facts the facts department came back with the uh, the Jackal is a 1997 film starring very close uh, Bruce Willis and Richard Gere, Sidney Poitier and Diane Verona. So I'm thinking of something else. Then it's not the mm-hmm. Jackal. It's the I don't know, man. Doesn't matter. I'm gonna cut all that out anyway. <laughs> You know what it is? It's the, is it? uh, the, 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 that one. I can't even think of his name now. Damn it. It's fucking day, dude. He was in star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> he played the one alien. Remember that one? Uh, yeah, the, the only one. The but one yeah, dude, the, Kil- the eight eyes. Kilmer is this one is, is one of these guys now that anytime I see that he's going to be in a movie, I'm definitely paying attention. You know, I've seen him in other things, obviously, as many. And, and one of my favorite performances of his is Doc Holliday. But I got to tell you, man, this character is right up there. I love this dude, this this character he played. However, it is 2021. This was 2005. Mm-hmm. There are a few things that were said and the way it's it was done where you're just like, you're not seeing it happen these days right the idea that val you would see val kilmer playing a gay man is probably not going to happen these days anymore well it's definitely not because you know there was a movement recently for uh voice representation yeah Ah. voice actors who are voicing characters outside of their race Mm -hmm. to step away from those characters like the guy that does cleveland on family guy Mm -hmm. or uh jenny slate does a character on big mouth the girl is a mixed race and jenny slate is super not right uh like me she is a honky and <laughs> i could say that because i'm a honky too and so a lot of these actors in solidarity stepped away from that role be, you know and and yeah this would definitely not be um subject matter uh or character's name or yeah. the actor portraying the character in most cases true true very true but brilliant performance brilliant brilliant performance i mean and even then, if you take even if you take out the fact that he's the character is gay i mean he would have a lot less quips yeah um but he would it would still be like this badass yeah, it, right because the idea that he was fixer. gay and and even the quips he was using and the things he was saying doesn't completely encapsulate the character or take over the film as that role like you could remove all that and still have brilliance like this character was amazing um but that's him, you know, and, and, and it goes to show it, it was also in due, due to, in part, um, the performance of Robert Downey Jr., right? Mm-hmm. Of the, this character of, of Harold, this, this, the, the thief guy, this kind of bumbling, but still kind of um, charming, you know, you, you feel kind of bad for the guy. You're kind of pulling for him, even though, like, he's a bad guy. He's a criminal. He's legit a criminal. I mean, he steals stuff. That's what he does, right? And you're pulling for this guy. He tells you you at the very beginning that he's a criminal and he doesn't belong out here. And this, I stumbled on this shit is basically what he's saying, but you're still pulling for him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Plays that great because he's got, he's got the, he's charismatic boyish thing. The boyish charm thing is what it Mm -hmm. is. Yeah. Yeah. Not to be confused with the boyhood dream. (laughs) (laughs) You'll get that if you get that. Um, 
but yeah, it's it, it, it honestly look watching it in 2021 with Robert Downey Jr. basically being like a, a, a an elementary, not an elementary, uh, an, an original version of Tony Stark is really yeah. what it is. Yeah. Less arrogant more, and conceited, but more uh, stupidly this, confident. This is Tony Stark before he got money. This is Tony Stark before he makes him, his name as Tony Stark. Like he's already got a Stark family name in his dad, but this is him brash kind of, this is me on my way up. He hasn't hit the big stage yet. Not yet. Um, so let's talk about this for a sec, for a quick second. Rewind. Let's go back to Val Kilmer. In, mm-hmm. in Val Kilmer went to Juilliard School of Drama, wrote and starred in a play in 1981. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Kilmer turned down a role in Francis Ford Coppola's 1983 uh, film, The Outsiders. Mm-hmm. bold move okay um in 1983 he appeared in a an off-broadway uh play called the slab boys listen to this these names kevin bacon sean penn jackie earl haley who's also in an after-school special called one too many wonder what that was about <laughs> also starred remember those after-school shit. specials dude <laughs> they're always drug-related always also starred Michelle Pfeiffer. Wow. So like he like even before he started, he he was rubbing elbows with everybody, you know, that would become everybody. And obviously he has had many famous relationships, Cher and the bonkers Ellen Barkan. Barkin, excuse me. Yeah, dude, this guy's got quite the quite the the life. There's um it's free on Prime right now, is the documentary on his life, Val. That's something that I think we talked about it before. We have to just sit and watch it together. Yeah. I think it'd be interesting to check out. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. But let's get into Robert Downey Jr. RDJ for, for those in the know RDJ. Uh, so again, Bob, he does, he plays this, he plays this, this character with this kind of boyish charm that you can't help but pull for him, regardless of the fact that he is a criminal, the fact that he's fast talking. There are those moments where like, like there's those those moment, the one time when there's a dead body, it's a dead woman without panties on, and we know this because you can see it. And he pulls her dress down to, to kind of to keep her modest, you know, uh-huh. and does so later too with like with like uh, the girl getting changed, you know, Harmony's getting changed, and mm-hmm. he can almost he sees her in the mirror, but then he averts his eyes, like he, mm-hmm. he does these things, and that's where as a viewer you go, okay, he's a good guy, even he's though a like. You know, even though like, yeah, OK, fine. He's stealing stuff. But what was he stealing that we saw at the beginning of the film? He was stealing a robot toy for his his nephew or niece. Mm, one of niece, them, I believe. Yeah, that's what he was doing. He was stealing a toy for her because it was like one of these toys you couldn't get anywhere. So he broke into a place to look for it. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, we know he still stole everything else that. But still, it was this. This is what we're being shown. And it's that that's what they're doing. They're tying this emotional thing that makes you say, okay, even though he's kind of a bad guy, I'm in for this ride and I'm pulling for him. And, and I guess that's also why it makes it okay to see him go through some of the things he goes through too. You don't, you don't feel as much anguish or, or when you see his balls getting fried or him mm. losing a finger. Mm. I forgot about that part. <laughs> losing a finger, dude. And the oh. dog swallows it. Jeez. <laughs> and then the evidence, that was the evidence. He had yeah. to get the evidence. And <laughs> it's then, a cap- it's never like, mind. He just, ate the, he just ate my thumb. We're good. We're good. Oh, yeah. Okay. Don't worry about it. Get out of there. 
Oh man. But yeah, dude, I thought that, you know, to put these two together, Val Kilmer and Robert Downey Jr. were so great together on screen. They really were mm. They just such a great, like chemistry. It was amazing. You know, I would almost want to see a, um, what was the hell was that movie called that we watched with De Niro? <laughs> <laughs> um, Midnight Run. Okay, yeah. <laughs> you want to see all three of those characters together? No, De Niro and and Kilmer. Yeah, De Niro, Robert Downey Jr. and Val Kilmer. In that as a remake could be entertaining. Uh, you could see that. I could see that. That would be fun. That could be a lot of fun. Well, back then it could have been fun. Now they're older. It's not going to work so much. Well, then. Just do, sure use deep fake technology. Deep aging. Just, just do the whole thing. Um, anything else you want to say on the acting on anybody here? No, I mean, it was all very good. It was all very yeah. believable. And, um, you know. This, yeah, this was a hidden gem for me, this movie, man. It really was. Uh, let's move on to the soundtrack. Uh, mostly score. We're not getting any any commercial music or, or, or tracks on this. And and the score was it, it works for that kind of you know the caper the the mm-hmm. the um it, it was light at times. It had you you know moving along with the storyline. It, it when it when the, it got points of um when were there when there were those points of uh, what's what's the word I'm looking for tension right the music's there it's it's building the tension things were work I mean it was good it was all. Nothing in it pulled me out of the film. Yeah. I mean, you weren't listening to the most recent Coldplay song in the middle. I don't mm-hmm. know why I went with Coldplay. I don't listen to or own any Coldplay albums. Or Imagine or Dragons. <laughs> or Mumford and Sons, if we're going to stay relevant. Right, right. Uh, you, you don't hear the artist of the time. Yeah. Uh, it's all score. It's all background. But it all helps transition from one vantage point to another or one scene to another or throughout the scene as a you know like it, it it conveys emotion like a soundtrack should do like a score should do mm-hmm. yeah it so fits think, well yeah i mean i wouldn't for buy this it, kind of movie but yeah i wouldn't buy it because honestly i don't remember a lot of it no but that's the but, thing right like if you have a score unless it's like overwhelmingly like because that's we talk about that when it comes to movies and it's and not the, the forrest gump soundtrack let's right. say that right there's sometimes where the music is at almost like a character it's part mm-hmm. of the feel of a film it's part of what it's doing to kind of give you this package whereas there's other times where it serves the purpose to to kind of move it's like the if you're on a you know you're on a river right um you could either be on a yacht and the, and the experience is being on the yacht. So it's a main character or the music is just the skiff, but whatever just gets you kind of going across that water, it got you going across the water mm-hmm. and, and it works. Um, there's not, it doesn't stand out though. At least not for me. There's nothing that says, man, I got to get that soundtrack. Right. Mm-hmm. Like more recently, I just saw a remake, the 2012 remake of um, maniac with Elijah Wood, right? Phenomenal score. This is one where the score, you're watching the film and you're listening to it. You're like, man, this sounds so good, right? That, that's, that's not this, but this does work. It, this, this doesn't play and doesn't make you go, this doesn't fit. Because I hate when you watch scenes and the music doesn't fit and it really makes the scene look, it, it changes how the scene comes across. You know, Something that should, should come across as comedic can come across more hokey. 
or something that's supposed to be, you know, serious comes across like too sappy. Do you know what I mean? Depending on what you're doing with the music. I will give you a perfect example of that. There is, so we all know some of us anyway, uh, uh, I think you and I do, but maybe some younger folks don't. The, there is a, there was a sitcom uh, called Different Strokes. Oh, we all yeah. know what the intro was. You know, well, the world don't move. You know, it's very upbeat. Yeah, exactly. So, there is a YouTube video where someone took whatever horror movie uh, audio. <laughs> yes, and they put and it, it changes over, them. It, it put it over the <laughs> intro. So it just looks like this rich old white guy, like buying these two yeah. children and who knows what the hell putting them in his, in the back of his limo. It's called yes. disturbing strokes. If you want to watch it, not it even is, it's yeah, hilarious. Not just that, but you're right. Like that, that's a good way to kind of um, illustrate what we're talking about. Go online and just look up any kind of uh, movie trailer remixes where they take certain movie trailers uh, like sleepless in Seattle, right? Which is a romantic comedy, but instead they'll t- use the exact same footage and they'll put different music behind it. And they'll change it up. And all of a sudden it's like a thriller, right? Or like a a horror movie. Take the laugh track out of any sitcom. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, it falls flat. Yeah. Yeah. It can be very rough. Then put some creepy music behind it. You're done. Not even you just take the, the absence of audio is sometimes worse than introducing a different type (laughs) of, you know, a, a different emotional uh, especially when emotional like, response especially like if the joke is like a sharp joke like a cutting type joke you know what i mean and it, instead mm-hmm. when there's no reaction that's laughing it comes across as like mean spirited or like kind of evil at times <laughs> that's, that's gay perry's domain but yeah but so the soundtrack on this what we're trying to say is that it serves its purpose uh though it's nothing to write home about you're not knocking it out of the park you're not buying this this on vinyl let's go to let's go to special effects So in this one, we have practical and we have computer generated special effects. Uh, we have a lot of practical in terms of blood packets, um, fake blood, you know, bullets, uh, bullets you know, flash bangs. Yeah. Uh, explode, gun explosions. Yeah. The car explosion when she flips the, the, the van, some of mm-hmm. light explosions when she hits cars. So we said we have that happening. We have computer generated in terms of he had to lose a finger. So mm-hmm. later on, when he's waving his hand around, he really lost his finger. I used to watch that very carefully. Anytime that people uh, take an appendage off in films, I start to watch very carefully mm-hmm. if they pull it off, right? And sometimes you see them doing the, the gimmick where they just have their finger folded. Do mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But this one, they didn't. They went in and actually removed it because uh, it, was, it. It, was, it was done well. It was gone. It was definitely gone. The finger itself looked like a real finger. Huh? <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah, you didn't there? have you didn't need a big budget for a thumb no you know no, for no, prosthetic no. thumb i think it was this ring finger uh, whatever yeah. one but which, i mean which, whichever one it yeah. was yeah yeah um you know honestly i don't recall uh any of the other ones i think there was uh maybe one or two like uh backgrounds that were that looked much better than heat uh yeah or halloween three <laughs> but i can't recall i mean there was there, there was bound to be others i just can't recall what they were yeah. Uh, but I mean, all done well, pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all done very well. Nothing that, that, that makes you go, Ooh, that's but, not good. And it, and we're talking Oh four for this to be processed. So, you know, for a release in Oh five. So it was, let's just say it wasn't windows 98 technology yeah. anymore. Yeah. It was windows Vista. 
Yeah, it was shot in 2004. You're right. Yeah, in Los Angeles from February 24th to May 3rd of 2004, debuting a little bit over a year later on May 14th. So, um, yeah, nothing, nothing big to talk about in terms of special effects. You're not looking at anything that's too flashy. This movie is most a lot of what you're seeing with this movie is character work and story development. That's where a lot of the intent you're going to get some car chasing and you're going to get some shooting around. But overall, what we're getting is a lot of character work and a lot of story development that just like literally careens you through the story. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a bullet train through the story. It There's really no is. time to slow down. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you could put it on pause, but it's hard. It's hard to do that. Once yeah. you're going. Uh, all right, dude, let's talk about it. Our last thoughts on this and our rating. What are we rating on this? We didn't, we didn't decide. We usually do ahead of time. Well, uh, we just jumped we, right into recording today. It was like, let's get to this movie. We did. Um, I did send you a list a couple of weeks ago. Oh, you I did. You it. did. Um, and little did I know that you had not yet watched it. Watched it. So uh, I'm scrolling through all of your excuses here uh, to find it. Uh, I went too far. Severed fingers, toxic relationships, meta movie references, waistband revolvers, Elvis cameos. Elvis cameos. Why don't I remember the Elvis cameos? He was right next to Abe Lincoln. You don't remember? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do severed fingers out of five severed fingers. Sure. So, um, um, yeah, go ahead. You go first. So um, this movie is uh, it's, it's more modern. In, in how it's shot, the people that are, you know, it's not the birds, it's not an 80s movie or a, a, an early to mid 90s movie. Um, so the players that are in it are close to, if not slightly older than our age. Um, the, the way of the, the type of filming, the film used is something that we're used to. Uh, not that that matters, but it's just something that makes you more comfortable when watching it. You know how some people refuse to watch black and white films because, yeah. you know, they're black and white. Um, Fun fact about Sean Fritz, fun fact, SFFF, um, used to have a 13-inch black and white TV in my uh, my uh, childhood bedroom. Nice. Not really. Um, oh, yeah. I love black, old black and whites. I mean, it's not, you're not getting your HD quality, but there's something about that, that tube quality that, you know what I mean? There's something about it. I don't know what it is. It's just a nostalgia thing. You know what I mean? It, it's got a, well, on the rounded the, yeah, the rounded yeah, front of yeah, the CRT yeah. and, and slightly the edges are all slightly b- blurred you know it's not mm-hmm. as clear as any as it moves closer to the center of the photo they're not square they're also slightly S- rounded yes, on yes, the screen exactly dude i would love to have one of those again it's no that. trinitron <laughs> no not at something all. you need like a hand truck and like four people to move no matter if it's <laughs> remember six those inch, dude one of those six inch pocket ones you walk with a limp after five seconds <laughs> okay so back to the movie uh rotten tomatoes 86 percent based on 180 reviews Budget of 15 million, box office of 15.8 million. So it was, um, it was not, I mean, it made its money back, uh, assuming that we don't factor in the marketing that they typically say is another, what, double. Um, the, the content of the story is something that, you know, it, there's some subtleties in there um, that, and, and that are some people, if they play games on their phone while you're watching the movie with them, will miss. <laughs> Take a wild guess there. Wait, what happened? What did I what, miss? Wait, what, why, what's why, going on? Yeah. Why doesn't he have a finger? No, not even that. So why is he at that? Why is he at that girl's dad's house? <laughs> <sighs> what's going on? What? What? Why is? What's happening? Why is he there's so mad at that st- old man? There's a reason I started the movie over. <laughs> why is she called him? Why is he calling him an animal? What's going on? 
yeah more or less <laughs> uh it, it, I'm like well, hey, i guess remember? we're starting over again here we go yeah, it was like hey you watch the movie i'll go talk to chris <laughs> oh chris is busy um <laughs> hey i guess we have uh, more time <laughs> yeah uh, i'm still not gonna watch it again that's um, amazing uh today anyway uh so you know, and just the the limited amount of characters, you really got to know who the characters were. Yes, you got more time with them, which I thought was really good, really nice. In in that, you the characters grow as you watch it. You know, you see even with the narration. The narration starts off as like I'm a petty thief. Yeah. To, I now work with this guy, and also I have helped turn his life around in a very interesting, strange manner. He's still mean to me, and um, thinks that I'm just ridiculous but um <clears throat> but it's you so know, do you think it, i'm stupid he's like yes i think you are stupid <laughs> yeah. well jokes on you you're stupid for hiring me stupid head <laughs> uh it's very juvenile humor at times but you know it, it fits with the character it fits with the, the the writing which written by shane black directed by shane black who also wrote and directed iron man 3 mm-hmm. uh produced lethal weapon mm-hmm. uh, um, worked with Robert Downey Jr. a number a few times. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. The oh, what's it say here? It says that um, Robert Downey Jr. Uh, said that uh, he thinks in some ways this is the best film he's ever done. Mm, um, wow. 2005 Phoenix Film Critics Society said that this was the overlooked film of the year. I would, I would agree with that. Hundred you know, percent. I think this is a great movie. Uh, it's fun. It's exciting. It's got action, adventure. It's got humor, uh, sillies, great cast. And I think that it's, you know, it's pretty well done in general. Uh, I mean, I'm just looking here through 2005 films. Uh, There are 2,377. So I may not get through all of them before I'm done rambling here. Mm -hmm. But one of them a movie that came out in 2005 was are we there yet so i think this did a little bit better than that um in terms of my opinion uh aeon flux with uh what's her name from star wars um from um uh what's her name what is her name um uh, charlie laura laura croft oh no charlie's theron different girl i thought you meant angelina jolie oh however charlie theron was it that's right yeah uh you know what did come out that year shark boy and lava girl Adventures of Shark Boy and Lava Girl in 3D, starring Sylvester Stallone and Danny Trejo as Machete. So, what are you? So, you're looking at the movies that came out in 2005. These are the top 20, uh, top five. Okay, we're looking at Star Wars Episode Three. See, see, Star Wars, Chronicles of Narnia, uh, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, uh, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, War of the Worlds, and King Kong. Then you round King Kong. Right. Rounding out the ten, uh, the top ten is King Kong, uh, is uh, Wedding Crashers, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Batman Begins, Madagascar, and Mister and Mrs. Smith. So these, I mean, two thousand five is actually a movie is a year of movies where it's like, oh, we you, I could keep naming them: Hitch, Longest Yard, Fantastic Four, um, Walk the Line, Fun with Dick and Jane, Forty Year Old Virgin, Saw Two. I mean, like just name after name after name, you know? Saw, Saw Guerrero. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so I could see why I could see why it's a little um, lost in the shuffle because you just rattled off of the fifteen or twenty movies, at least seventy percent of them were really yeah. solid movies. Probably ones that I actually went and saw in the theaters. This mm-hmm. one, not so much. Right. Um, 
because we both said we watched this for the first time for this for this review. Um, I really liked it. I thought it was solid. Um, you know, I, I didn't think of how many I would give it, but, you know, as far as, you know, all the different things that I've mentioned and, and discussed and such, um, all the points and all the, you know, Val Kilmer is a, is a gem in this movie and a treat uh, to watch. I mean, Robert Downey Jr. also, but he has done more movies in the last 15 years than Val Kilmer has, unfortunately, mm-hmm. for Val and the viewing audience. Um, I'd say this movie, I mean, it's it's solid. I really enjoyed it. I, I mean, I can't give it a five. I mean, I can give it an honorable five, but I think I'm going to have to go like four and a half on this one. I think it was really good. Nice. Four and a half severed fingers. Wow. I would have to say I agree with you. This for me was a, a pleasant surprise. I love when, like I said to you, right? I watch a movie and by the end I go, how come I'd never heard of it? Or no one else had ever said anything to me. I just saw another movie just recently, and that's the the one I watched with my buddy um, Drive with with uh, um, Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling had never, never seen that? it. Hmm. Had stayed away from it because I thought it was like another one of these Fast and Furious type movies. I was like, oh god, I'm not, you know, whatever. But also like, it's Ryan Gosling. There's nothing that really pulled me to wanting to watch Ryan Gosling film. Saw that movie and then just was so blown away by it that I'm just like. How had I never heard of this film and how come nobody else had told me about it? And that's how I feel about this movie. Yes, we look at all the movies that came out in 05 and you can see why it got lost in the shuffle. But this still the idea is, is this is one of these kinds of hidden gem movies where it's like a great acting, great score, great, you know, the, the cinematography. It looks good. I mean, it's a gorgeous film. This looks really nice. Nice lighting. Nice, you know, nice camera work. Um uh, you know, the star you, you have you have a good cast of, of, of actors, like you said, not too big. So you get involved and invested in your characters. There's time for them to develop and breathe and interact. We get to see, you know, range. They're not hollow. There's ranges of emotion through this. We have Robert Downey Jr. as this bumbling thief, but he's also this kind of charismatic guy who's also kind of boyish. Also, you know what I mean? Then we have to remember. He's never killed anyone before. So when he's put in, in, in these moments of seeing people killed or where he has to kill someone, it really affects him. Like it fucks with him. He's laying under a bed and he watches this girl die. He's watching the life leave her eyes. And he knows that she's looking at him knowing this is the last thing I'm seeing. And the, the emotion he has on his face in that scene is so good, man. And I just thought to myself, how have I not heard of this? This is crazy. This is such a really good movie. So I have to agree. 4.5 for me because, um, uh, you know, Hidden Gem, man. One of these pleasant surprises that you watch it and you go, wow, what a good story. What a fun ride. And, and, and done in such a way that you're just like, yeah, this works. I had a lot of fun. Good movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's definitely a sit and watch the whole movie in one sitting. It's a single sitting watch. It's you can't. I don't think you can, you can do, you can break this up anymore. You know, no, more than no. what I had done. It may throw you off some, and even if it didn't, it's like you don't want to do that. When you're on a mm. fun ride, you want to break it off in the middle of the ride, and then just back, come back and finish the fun ride. Like you don't stop a roller coaster midway through, dude. Well, sometimes you don't <laughs> sometimes have, you have to. <laughs> sometimes you don't get a, you don't have a choice there. Well, not in this one. This one, uh, this one, we're definitely, you know, we're, we're staying on for the entire ride. So, yeah, that's my thoughts, dude. 4.5, I agree as well. So, what are we doing next? 
Do you have something you want to pick or, or did you want me to pick both of them? Be my guest. There's a new movie that's out. I haven't watched it yet. Is it an uh, Ari Aster movie? I, oh, you know what? It's not. Oh. I don't think it's on. Uh, what's that? Is it? It's not. the. There's a new malignant a new player in town. A new guy in town that. Uh, Are you talking about malignant? The one on HBO Max? I don't think it's on anymore. I think they took it off now. Um, it might be. Uh, what's this guy's name? It's like a new Ari Aster type guy. James Wan. No, that's not a newish Ari. James Aster. Wan's the one that did Malignant. Yeah, I just pulled it up here. Um, uh, I mean, I don't care. We, I can, I can get it on whatever. I mean, is there something on Max right now that is? Uh... Yeah, let's check out Malignant, dude. Let's check out the newest one that's out. This will be. I mean, we rarely do it, but let's do it. Let's watch a brand new film. Okay, Malignant. Yeah. Hey. So, housekeeper found our Vic, Dr. Florence Weaver. Tough old bird, but she fought until the end. What you got, Winnie? He killed her with one of her trophies. We just got the base. The top half is missing. The mortality seems consistent with our other corpse. Same guy? That would be my bet. Yeah, find that missing half. Yeah, don't we all? What you got? Dr. Weaver specialized in child reconstructive surgery. She kept journals on all her patients. Bag all these books. I want them back at the precinct. Yes, sir. What are you going to go through all of them? We're going to go through all of them. Hey, did you find the rest of that murder weapon yet? Now, this is a movie that right now in the horror community is a very divisive movie. It's split right down the middle. There's people who absolutely love it, and there's people who absolutely hate it. So it's going to be an interesting, interesting watch, and uh, I can't wait, can't wait to check it out and talk about it. Downside, it's on Max and HBO Max if you have that until October 10. So it's off today. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, by the time it's heard. There's other ways. There's other ways to watch it. We're not going to worry about that. Yeah. Um, all right, dude. Let's get out of here. We're done with this. Time to sh- shut. shut shut down shop. Done with movies. The lights have come back on. Blah blah tell, blah. Tell people to put on their masks like always. You heard it. There's still Delta happening. There's still bo- boosters are coming around now. That's the new thing. So hot take. Um, so you know how there's here, soapbox time. Sean soapbox. Um yeah, so there's 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 boosters coming around. If you don't agree with it, just for everybody else's health, safety and health, um, not only yours, but your children, your friends, their children. Uh, I mean, we're planning on a, a large life event here soon, and it will require people to show proof of vaccination. That's right. Good. Um, you know, <clears throat> we've taken uh, a stance of you know. If there's a booster that comes around, more science will be available at that point. But also, there are other countries in the world that have a far lower vaccination rate. We haven't decided if we want to do a vaccination booster for us before other people who don't have a single shot yet or not have, you know, we're, we're, weighing, we're weighing the ethical portion of that. But also, like, I don't know about you, Chris, but I'm in the mood to, if I get sick from something that's, you know, affecting millions of people's 
lives and ending millions of people's lives, mm-hmm. I would want to at least have a, a level of armor around myself. Something. Within myself. I mean, as opposed. Nope. Oh, did I lose you? Did I lose internet? Let's see. We're going to let it keep going. Let's see if you bounce back. Well, it looks like I lost Sean. So for Sean Fritz, this is Chris Chavez. We want to thank you guys again for listening. We will check you guys next week. It is once again time to unsilence your phones. 